Hey, sports fans, you're tuned into the Emerald City Fandom Podcast. We're Seattle fans talking Seattle sports. We're your hosts. I'm Connor. I'm Sam. And I'm Justin. You ready to get started? Let's send it! Welcome back to the pod, folks. This is episode 52. And I know it's been another month since we've recorded our last episode, and we said we were going to be better about that, but we are um, struggling to, I don't know, mix and match our schedules, I guess, more than anything, as well as just waiting for the right kind of content to come out. But signing day was today, as we're recording this on Wednesday, the 2nd of February. And so we're going to recap that a little bit as it pertains to the Huskies. And then we'll also talk some Seahawks a little bit later in the episode as well. Um, general updates on both your football teams tonight. Um, welcome in the crew, Sam, Justin. They're both here tonight. Welcome, boys. How are you guys doing? Justin, let's start with you. What are you sipping on tonight, sir? I am good. I'm feeling really good because I had a wine tasting event at work today and I've been keeping oh, that train going so since you, you pre-funked i pre-funked hard for this yeah i we i was a little late to the pre-show so i haven't talked with you guys much but yes i have drank a lot and i'm still drinking it's a pinot noir i don't know some shit i don't know Whoa. i'm inhaling it inhaling it Schmancy. what How was your inhaling pinot noir i'm just going through <laughs> i'm out of town this weekend it's gonna go bad you know so i'm just trying to inhale gotcha well makes okay. sense okay yeah. yeah. What, what was your you favorite? So what feeling... was your favorite wine of the event? This one, the Pinot Noir, was the best. the The other that? one, it was a Cab Sauv. It was okay. I'm not a big Cab Sauv guy. I know, Sam, I know you're a big wino, so no, not at all. Tastes like church. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes like church. <laughs> uh, and the other one was a white wine, which is fine, but I don't know. It's feeling red. Yeah, I like red. Right on, man. Sam, were you, uh, just, like, were you just like stuffing bottles in your jacket when you're walking out or what's the scoop walking out? So this was a virtual wine tasting. Thing. Oh. So they sent us all three. It's like not full bottles of wine, but it's like, I don't know, but halfway between mini and full. And um, yeah, we're just able to try each one. They had someone from the winery come out and speak on the Zoom call and give us like a history of wine, which was little long but yeah. you know helpful info so you could bring to your quote unquote next dinner party so yeah you know got, got the Sorry. got the lowdown i have to clarify something real quick with you justin by mm. half half bottles you mean like they were actually like half size bottles not like half full bottles with like correct fucking, correct fucking electric tape like ceiling <laughs> or something like that like this like uh, I i'd mean, be worried i'd be worried for your health right now if you drank something that had been opened already and i mean just extra tannins right what is it what harm could it be well no anything problem. could be in there at that point <laughs> no they were actually glass bottle size like in between a Got mini it. and a full bottle yeah Got it. Nice. Three, probably three seven fives. They're like three hundred seventy five mils. Uh, I don't know. Almost done with the first seven, one. Seven <laughs> seven fifty mils is like a, a normal wine. I, I think that's probably alcohol. right. That's probably right. Right on. Cool. Well, glad that you enjoyed some wine, man. Welcome yep. to the show. Sam, how are you doing, sir? What are well, you sipping? To put us back on brand a little bit, I've been pounding some Coors What is Light our brand? Jack Daniels. Coors Light, Jack Daniels, sponsor your boy already. I thought our brand was unique, offensive, sophisticated, wine, uh, you know, not this, you know, what, what, what brand? 
Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> okay. I better shut up. I'm going to say something. What about you, Connor? Just as loose. What are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a stay frosty IPA by Rubens. Mm. Uh, one of the beers that Justin kindly brought over for my birthday a couple weekends ago. So I am sipping on that right now. And, uh, I'm sipping it from a frosty mug uh, that um, my father-in-law, Grant, one of our loyal listeners, got me for my birthday as well. So, Those are sweet couple... mugs, by the way. I saw them when we yeah. were over. Those are awesome. They are cool. Yeah, they got like the pick, like a like a street map of Seattle, basically. And uh, like half of it is like the UW campus. So you can kind of see the general area of UW campus and have a map on it. Um, and is, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty is neat. the right term a mug? Because it looks like a glass. It's a glass, I guess. But like I was just saying, it was like a frosty, frosty glass, I guess. Uh, like no, I just, just didn't know better. if I was like out of the. It's a glass. Okay, okay. No, you're correct. I'm wrong. I like the I'll sound shut of up that. Now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Well, let's, yeah. Okay. Um, where do we want to start with this? Uh, signing day? I guess we can we can start with like the previous signings and lay those out. I don't know if you wanted to go through those real quick, Sam, just to remind our listeners of who we had signed before uh, this like second day. Um, so in the early signing period in December, we had four signings as well as I think we had one transfer that had been signed. Maybe. Oh, no, three transfers that had been signed um, before we had recorded our last episode. So recap those real quick and then we'll go to the new guys um, that just signed today. Yeah. So. From the previous signings, we've we've mentioned them in our last episode, episode yep. 51, I believe. Um, yep. But that's going to be your offensive lineman, likely a center, Parker Brailsford from Arizona, tight end Ryan Otten from Tumwater, younger brother of Kate Otten, an edge pass rusher from Arizona, Lance Holtzclaw, and then a local wide receiver from Emerald Ridge, I believe, Denzel Boston. The one update that we should probably clarify with the previous signings, I think in our last podcast at that point, our like gem of the class wide receiver, Jeremy Bernard was scheduled to be, he had signed his LOI, but obviously like all the junior Adams hubbub went down and he bailed and got out of his LOI and he's now at Michigan state. So Jeremy Bernard, who we were all like, super high on thought he'd be contributing you know in yeah don't don't listen don't listen to my ramblings about jeremy bernard in the last episode because they're irrelevant now <laughs> yeah he gone we'll see he gone he we'll gone. see we'll see him though third week of the year i know that that should be interesting um <laughs> and then did we have confirmation last time on michael Penix jr i yeah maybe yeah that did. was that was mid-december yeah yeah okay yeah so we had the, the two transfers in that we have talked about are Michael Penix Jr. He is the quarterback from Indiana. He mm-hmm. is prolific when he's healthy, which is not very often. I think he's only played five or six games the last three seasons, all cut short due to injury. The one note just to reiterate on him is in 2019, he was the quarterback at Indiana when our now head coach, Kalen DeBoer, was the offensive coordinator there. So familiar face and definitely an early favorite to be your starting Husky quarterback in 21. 
And then the other transfer in that we had already spoken about in the last episode was a cornerback, Jordan Perryman from UC Davis. In Coach DeBoer's press conference earlier today, he had mentioned that Jordan Perryman's already one of the strongest, fastest, best athletes on the team pound for pound. So taking that into consideration, you think that he's probably got a really good shot to start at one of those cornerback positions. So that's kind of just recapping the the folks that we've already talked about. I think maybe just jumping into some of the new signings. I don't think we need to cover any of those uh, previous people anymore. Nope. Um, so our new signings that are in today are a safety or the new Husky position is Tristan Dunn from Sumner, Washington. This was a huge flip. He had been a commit to Arizona state for many months. I don't even know, maybe a full year. I don't remember when he committed, but yeah, it's been I, for a long time. I think he time. committed like, I think it was almost a year. I think it was like last May or something like that, that he committed there. Yeah. So long rangy, super physical player, six, four, one ninety. Um, definitely good to have him on board. The local four star, you got to keep them home. We also got a cornerback out of Houston, Texas, Javon green, another really big body. I think he's six, two borderline six, three. And then we pulled in a pair of extremely unheralded, lightly recruited defensive linemen from Michigan, Armand Parker and Javon Parker. Like I mentioned, they're twins and they are some big boys. I mean, six, four, two ninety a piece. And it, it's a weird, I'll be really interested to follow how they progress within the Husky program, because mm-hmm. I think they've reeled in an offer from Illinois after we offered, but until we offered, I think their best offers were from like, like division two programs. I don't, I can't even yeah. remember the names off the top of my head, but potential diamonds in the rough for sure. They um, look the part like, Oh Yeah. You see it if you haven't listeners go out and either look at these guys on Twitter or on the Huskies like Twitter page they'll, they'll have pictures and stuff of of the of the twins Armand and Javon Parker and they look the part like those guys are big I mean they they could develop into some real talents if they get the right coaching and it sounds like they're they're two guys that are very motivated and work work extremely hard too um, work ethic was one of like the biggest things that DeBoer stressed with them um, today in his press conference as well. So that could bode well. Those could be diamonds in the rough for, for the future a couple of years down the road, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then just continuing on with some of the new transfers, um, DeMario King is someone who was announced a while ago, just after we had recorded our last podcast. I forget where he's coming from is he come he's a jc cerritos i think cerritos junior california yeah like that yeah and he's kind of also maybe an interesting look at that husky position he's Mm -hmm. six four 215 pounds but it sounds like they're going to play him at linebacker mostly i imagine that he's kind of going to be in the mix on the edge whether that's outside linebacker husky rushing the pass or playing in space but another just really good athletic player that we that we got into mario king 
And then some of the newer transfers, we got a punter in Kevin Ryan. He is a transfer from Idaho State. He would have been like top 20 in pretty much all of, all of the relevant punting statistics in Division One college football based off of his numbers at Idaho State. So it looks like we got our punter for at least another year or two. And then um, we got a running back, Aaron, Aaron Dumas, or dumbass, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> i'm assuming it's dumas, it's, it's dumas. i'm just messing around i'm just messing around he was a freshman you know you, you know uh dumbass road and mill creek pretty sure it's dumbass du- lane or is it road? is it i think it's road you might be it, right though yeah i think the, the the neighborhood i think is called dumbass lane oh. and then i think the road is called dumbass, dumbass road but yeah. yeah inside joke for the mill creek peeps <laughs> spelled the same <laughs> yeah Anyways, he's a running back from New Mexico State, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. he was a true freshman last year. And he had a pretty good year, but he had a hell of a game when New Mexico State played Fresno State. Obviously, all of our coaching staff pretty much is from Fresno State. So that performance by the running back stuck out in their mind, and they were able to get him to transfer up north to Seattle. And he's just going to kind of fit into the mix, I think, with a really deep running back room. Don't be surprised to see some attrition either before spring or after spring. I think anytime you're bringing in a transfer to a fully loaded room already, I think that's indicative of some transfer out potential. Who knows who that will be. And then we also landed probably the, the biggest name in this group is inside linebacker Cam Bright. He is... He was the captain on the ACC champion Pittsburgh team last year, and he's going to probably for sure play. And it's interesting because you're looking at our linebacker room with Eddie Ulafoscio coming back, um, Palour's coming back. So it'll be interesting to see how he fits in, but there's no way he's not going to see the field. He's a top-tier linebacker in the NCAA. Um big get and it's it's an interesting one for me like why would he for one year of eligibility leave pittsburgh and come here is just kind of a story that i don't totally understand there might be more to it than what we know at this point but a great player nonetheless and then the last person to call out is a local wide receiver junior alexander should be a familiar name um and he was at kennedy catholic with Sam Heward and and uh, Jabez Tinai, and they're both obviously on the UW roster. And quite frankly, someone that we thought we would get the first time around, Junior Alexander went to Arizona State last year, didn't play hardly at all. I don't know if he got any snaps, um, but he is nonetheless a Husky now, and we're glad to have him, and he'll fit into a very talented wide receiver room. So that pretty much recaps everyone that is going to be joining the team at this point, whether they're a high school signing or a transfer portal addition. I guess kind of looking at that list, who stands out in your mind, Justin? Yeah, well, my first thought when you're going through that list was we have a couple from Arizona State or that previously played from Arizona State, whether committed or were on the team. And they have a lot of stuff going down there right now. So we'll yeah, see what do. happens with that program. That was my first initial thought. But 
as far as players I'm excited for, or, you know, the overall thought of the class, I think given the situation that Kaylin DeBoer and team were walking into, I think they did at least a decent job in my opinion. And two players that I'm excited for are the one you just mentioned, Cam Bright, watching highlights of him at Pitt and what he can provide on the field. I'm all for linebacker depth given what we watched last year and yeah, me no succumbing my eyes to Jackson Sermon every day. And so if we have, you know, say we have Ulufosio and Cam Bright out there, we still have a Carson Bruner to come in and play as well. So that right. I, I would love that. Uh, and then second, you know, with Kyler Gordon and McDuffie leaving, I mean, that's a huge hole to get. So Mc, Jordan Perryman and how high the staff is on him uh, is super exciting. And so that's a player I'd love to watch in spring ball and as we get closer to the season. Yeah, I think you're right on with that. And just as a general theme, and I think it's going to be a theme moving forward in today's NCAA environment is you're going to see that impact new faces coming from transfers, not so much from these as particularly in this class, isn't like a super heralded high school class. Maybe Ryan Otten gets to play a little bit. Right. What are your thoughts, Connor? Yeah, I'm really excited, honestly, about Tristan Dunn, the flip from Arizona state. Um, He's light right now. He's only 190 pounds, 6'4", so pretty slender. <clears throat> but he packs a punch every time he hits. I watched his highlights. Literally every hit that he makes, he chooses violence. Like, he is knocking ball carriers back. And, like, this guy just form tackles. He, he like, it's the definition of a good tackle every time with this guy. Um, <clears throat> so having that, I think this is probably your starter at Husky at that Husky position in like two years. Yeah. Um, once he puts on about 10 or 15 pounds, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do at that position. I think he's a perfect fit for it. Um, he's bigger. Um, he packs a punch. He can cover really well because he's got safety experience. So um, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, and then I don't know if, if I were to choose anyone else on the list, I'm obviously excited to get Lundiata Alexander back in, in the mix, uh, Junior Alexander. So um, it's it's cool to have the Kennedy Catholic boys back together again with Sam Heward, Jabez Tini, and now Junior Alexander, someone that we recruited really last minute in that cycle um, in 2020. That was 2020, right? Or 2021? I think 21. 21, yeah. It was the same year as Omeka. That's right. Um, but we were recruiting, obviously, Emeka Ibuka and Troy Franklin a lot harder. Um, missed out on those guys. Offered Junior Alexander late <clears throat> and missed out on him, too. So um, it's nice to have him at least back in the fold, an in-state guy who's, I think, excited to be back at UW um, and play with some guys that he's got some previous chemistry with. Yeah. How about you, uh, Sam? Are you excited about anyone else? Or I mean, you can name obviously some of the guys that we already named as well. If you're, if you have some other points about them, but yeah, I think I think you two hit the obvious ones. The only other one that I would throw in there is maybe someone like Ryan Otten might be able to get in the mix at tight end because we're a little bit thinner sure. there now. You've got Devin Culp and you've got Jack Westover. Beyond that, I mean, you have Quentin Moore, but he's unproven. So I think there's an opportunity there for Ryan Otten. That's true. And he's, and he's probably just barely big enough where he doesn't – a lot of these high school signings ha have 
everyone else I would say has a prerequisite to get bigger besides maybe the Parker twins, but everyone else mm-hmm. needs to put on some pretty significant strength and weight to contribute. Yeah. Um, so I think highlighting the transfers, Cam Bright, Jordan Perryman and, and junior Alexander is right on. Um, so I guess just kind of like summarizing that up, that's pretty much it. That's going to be your class. There's still one big fish out there. Joshua Connerly from Rainier beach is a five-star top 30 player in the nation. And right now it's not looking great for the Huskies to get his name on our paper. Sounds like, you know, Michigan's been the front runner for a long time. It sounds like USC is starting to creep up in the mix, but I'm not holding out hope that we're going to land Connerly, but if we did, that would be damn big because we don't, I mean, it was a good offensive line class in the state of Washington and we've missed out on every single one at this point, but Connerly is in a class of his own. So if we were able to somehow pull a miracle and get him to sign, he's likely going to wait till March and take a couple more visits and then make his decision. But again, at this point, it, it doesn't look, great no and you mentioned the visits that he's going to take and neither one of the official visits that he has left is going to UW so he's supposed to come here I think on an unofficial at some point in February Um, and I mean it makes sense because he's got a top six so he's using his five official visits on all the out-of-state options Um, and then UW is a campus that he's familiar with he's obviously talked with this coaching staff and can get visited by this coaching staff on on the fly very easily um but i would i would be pretty shocked at this point if we're able to land him especially given what just happened with the other in-state linemen that we just lost out to on uh to penn state in vega uani um someone that we thought was going to get back in the fold yeah. Sounded even as of yesterday morning, it sounded like he was solid to UW. And then yesterday on the 1st of February, something changed um, after his official visit to Penn State over the weekend that flipped him to Penn State. And um, we'll probably learn some more details at some point around how the, all, that all went down. But um, definitely a huge loss, I would say, for for this class. Um not earth chattering or anything like that. Like it's, it's not like this sets us back years or anything like that, but more than anything, it's just, it's just, it it leaves a bad taste in your mouth, especially just the way that Husky football has, has gone the past year or so just sucks losing another in-state recruit to an East coast program that, um, that you thought you had in the bag, you know, that was committed here at one point. Um, And it's not like, his offensive line coach left or anything like that. We still had Scott Huff on staff. We retained him. And part of the reason to retain Scott Huff was to lock some of these guys down. So that's someone I think who is on thin ice. I think Scott Huff is on thin ice this next year. If I don't, I mean, they're not going to fire him before the season. I'd be shocked if anything like that happened, but if the offensive line at all underperforms this year, he gone like, there's no way he's, he's coming back. Um, this is a yeah. one year trial, I think for, for Scott Huff. And it so far he's, he's not up to the challenge. At well, least especially how much we're paying him too. I think we're paying him like 700 K yeah. he's one of the higher paid yep. assistants on the team. So mm-hmm. 
you got to be able to cut it on the field and in recruiting. And this was a tough, I mean, again, like I mentioned, there's five pretty highly regarded offensive linemen out of the state of Washington in high school this year. And at this point we're Oh, for four and only Connerly's out there. I think if Connor, if we land Connerly, it, it might be a You'll scenario where all is forgiven, yeah. but that's, that's a big if. Um, yeah. But I will say just a, another thing to recap on recruiting Honestly, the best recruiting work that the staff has done is just straight up retaining the talent that we have. And yeah. you look across across the board and there was, a, you know, rumors of 20 plus were ready to put their name in the portal. I think we ended up only seeing like seven or eight maybe put their name in their portal. But I mean, some of the names that were being rumored in terms of looking elsewhere, Zion Tupola Fatui, Eddie Ulafosio, Tulila Tuli Nasanoa, Jalen McMillan, Romo Dunze, Jalen Polk, all of them, there was a lot of smoke that they were going to leave. And all of them have pled their, pledged their allegiance back to the University of Washington. They all seem totally bought in. I don't imagine any of those names transferring out after spring unless there's some like crazy unforeseen circumstances. I think they're all bought in. Right. And that's, I mean, that's a huge win in your first month as the new coaching staff here yep. is to keep the best players that you have on roster, be able to sell them on the direction of the program, I think is says a lot more than what they were able to do with, you know, a month with the high school kids. It's massive. Yeah. Sorry, Connor. Go ahead. Just, no, it's go massive. Ahead. I mean, when we were even recording last time or two times ago in December, it was, I think we were all like freaking out. Like this could be devastating. It's mass exodus. But even when you say seven to eight transfers leaving, Sam, we, that's pretty normal. Yeah. And it sounds like a lot, but when you look at all the other programs, you've seen Oklahoma have a ton of transfers, obviously with their coaching situation and even Wazoo, they're having transfers as well. So the seven to eight number is not abnormal, especially for this year. And even in future years, it's probably going to be more. Yeah, it's been like mm -hmm. the average that we've seen over the last two or three years is like seven or eight out. Mm -hmm. But we did lose one person in particular that I know Connor wants to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, I'll get to him in just a second here. But I, I do want to just note that like we were so worried about the receiver room last time we spoke. How do you guys oh, yeah. feel tonight? Like, I feel pretty good. Great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, not only do we retain everyone, but then you add Junior Alexander to the mix. It's like our wide receiver yep. room is amazing. And I guess what we should also bring up since we're on the wide receiver room is introduce sure. our, our goddamn new wide receivers coach. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Coach Shep. Coach Marcus Shepard. Yeah, we upgraded that. that. <laughs> That, that, that position yeah. coach. <laughs> uh, so screw you, Oregon. And by the way, fuck you, Oregon, and fuck you, Sam Taimani. So yeah, and fuck you, Junior Adams. That's the biggest and fuck, fuck you that should be out there for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a blessing though. I mean, go to an inferior program with an inferior coach, and like it's almost like fun. a plant. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's actually it's, it's actually hilarious. I was laughing as soon as we. It, once Shep was like official, I literally cackled because like evil cackle because I hate Oregon and they're left with a dude that can recruit well, not great, but well, and has for the most part had 
underperforming position like uh, position yeah. groups over the past several years. So, Honor, don't be disrespectful. He coached Cooper Cup for one year. That's so the overplayed. One- and you can tell it's the only thing he hangs his hat on because he retweets anything about Cooper Cup. Like, that's his whole yeah. Twitter. He retweets more Cooper Cup shit than he does Oregon shit. Uh, Sorry, yeah. I had to do that. But anyways, thinking more about the positive side of things, I mean, Coach Shepard, by the end of this past year, was widely regarded as a top five wide receivers coach in the country. Mm-hmm. In the country. Yeah, and I mean, Notre, him, Notre Dame really wanted him, too. I know he yep. turned down the Notre Dame job to come here. And so I don't know. An Indiana dude. Yeah. Like a dude, like basically from that state <laughs> turned down yeah. Notre Dame, which is like the biggest program in that state and really in that area historically. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Notre Dame is probably what top three all time. Sure. Historically, I mean, it's, uh, it's yeah. up there. Yeah, it's up there. I mean, for sure, top five. And so I think, like, whatever his conversations were with Coach DeBoer, I mean, obviously, that guy believes in what DeBoer was selling him, that he wanted to come here that badly. He did get an associate head coach role. I think he's a passing game coordinator, wide receivers coach. He's getting, yeah. you know, definitely got a bump in pay. But I think that hire cannot be understated because we already have, we have the talent. It just needs to be coached. And I think you get a really good coach, young, high energy guy. He's going to be able to extract the most out of the talent we already have. And he's, I mean, he's put guys in the NFL from Purdue, from Purdue. Like I'm pumped about that. So to answer your initial question, I'm, I'm pumped about our wide receiver situation, let alone like we won't even in this podcast get into like what our new offensive scheme is going to look like. But I mean, DeBoer is a pass offense guy. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. I just saw Justin pop the biggest smile I've ever seen on his (laughs) face. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about, about the, honestly, just in general, like, Yep. I know people have been down today about Vega Owane going to Penn State. But other than that, like everything is rolling. The momentum is there. Our marketing department, our social media presence is way up. Whoever we've hired or unchained yeah. in the marketing department is doing a hell of a job with videos and you know photos. That video edits. yesterday with lawyer was awesome. Yeah. If you haven't Great. watched that video that UW football Twitter put out starring lawyer malloy you have to watch it it's really good so i will put a helmet on right now and run through a brick wall for this husky team after watching that video i mean yeah, i got one I, play i got I, one play i got one play in me coach can of corn and let me at him <laughs> um but yeah i just feel like the, well. the momentum is totally for the first time in like three years we have positive momentum it's not earth shattering sure you know, headlines of national news momentum, but like we're rolling down the hill in a very yep. positive way. And God damn it. That feels good. It does. It does. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited with where things are going. I, this, this class is relatively underwhelming. I'm just going to say oh, that yeah, like outright. Sure. Um, but I mean, 
it always was going to be with a change in coaching staff and where the program was at. So um, for them to scrap something together and especially for the work that they've done in the transfer portal, I will yeah. say. And the biggest thing is the retention of the roster. Like you said, Sam, like those are like, that's the order of things like for them, like the, like the biggest thing for them was the retaining the guys that they had. Cause you know that they have talent on this roster. And yeah. we've talked about that for the past year and a half, right. That they have tons of young talent on this roster. It was always a young roster. So there was, ne this was never going to be a big signing class anyway. So long as you didn't have crazy attrition, which they avoided, you get some transfer portal guys that address some key positions, right. That you yeah. needed some help at and some, especially some depth issues, especially in the defensive backfield. Now that both of your corners are gone and that linebacker position, those are the ones I think that we really needed to address. It would have been really nice. I think to, to get a little bit more defensive line help in my opinion, through the transfer portal um, and maybe a tight end, but it's not over either. Like, I mean, there's probably going to be some more stuff that happens in spring ball. And so, you got your QB. <laughs> and you got your QB and you got your QB. Um, so, I mean, obviously that, yeah, I, completely skipped over that part so thank you for highlighting that sam um but yeah i mean it, i think they did work in the transfer portal um as far as that goes um and then they added some some very intriguing options and from a limited field that they that they really could pick from for for the the high schoolers that are coming into the into the program and the tristan dunn flip i think really can't be understated i think that's a that's a really big flip and you know me. I was all about the Asa Turner bandwagon. I probably just destroyed this guy's career by saying oh. that, like, I'm high on him. So I'm sorry, Husky Nation, if Tristan Dunn ends up being amounting to nothing. That's all on me. I will take ownership of that. But I'm excited for him specifically just because of the violence that he chooses literally on every play. So we haven't yeah. had that in the defense backfield in a while. You have the bud of a nice flower growing for that bromance with Tristan Dunn right now. Take he really, he honestly, he honestly has a punchable face. I will say that. Like, whoa, that, whoa, 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 whoa. As long as he's punching other people with his face, I don't care. I'm fine with it. Yeah. But local kid, nice to keep him around. I'm, I'm glad to have some physicality in that defensive backfield again. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Save that sure. hostility for Russell Wilson in a bit. Jeez. I know. We're not there yet. <laughs> we're, keep we're drinking there. your beer, Connor. <laughs> I'm um, working on it. Yeah, going into this roster. Yeah. This roster is basically full, though, right? So, like, I mean, yeah. there's not going to be a lot going into this. Um, and, and I will I – I mean, what are the positions that you're expecting some attrition at, I guess? Is, is probably the next question after yeah. spring ball. Yeah. I have I'd some thoughts, but like, I I'm curious what you're thinking. Yeah. I think, you know, this is going to be the roster through spring practice. Everybody. I think the, the folks that are still on the roster are going to kind of feel it out, see where the coaches have them pegged in the depth chart by the end of spring. I think you'll definitely see a couple of transfer outs and maybe another transfer in or two. In terms of position groups, like I alluded to earlier, I think a running back has to go at some point, whether that is, yep. you know. That's my number one. For some reason, I had it in my head of just total speculation that Cam Davis was going to be a potential candidate, but then mm -hmm. he goes and gets a fat-ass tattoo of the Husky W on his forearm. So, like. Did he do that? I know that. Um, Or no, sorry, that was Caleb, Caleb Berry. Caleb Berry did that. That was yeah. Caleb Berry. Yeah, that's my bad. So I, I think Cam Davis could be a candidate. 
I think maybe, yeah. part of me thinks Richard Newton could potentially be a candidate, but he's also he seems recovering. pretty on board. Yeah. So I don't know. Like that's really the only group. Yeah. That like is totally chock full and there's just mm -hmm. people are going to transfer out because there's not enough snaps to go around. Maybe the offensive line is really deep and yep. somebody's going to get buried line. in the depth chart. But honestly, like it's such a young unproven roster top to bottom. Everybody's got a clean new slate that I think, I don't know that it's going to, I don't think you're going to see a mass exodus. I think maybe one of the QBs would transfer out if like, Dylan Morris or yep. Sam Heward are like looking at it and they're like, Oh, I'm going to sit behind Penix jr. For two more years. And the other guys ahead of me, like I imagine whoever comes out of spring third on the QB depth chart will probably leave. Sure. Um, other than that, there's not really anything obvious to me. Is there any, the only other, yeah, the only other name that I would just keep an eye on, and I think we're okay on him, is if Jacoby Covington isn't a part of the starting cornerback yeah. rotation, I would be a little bit worried about him leaving. Um, I hope he doesn't, just because he's still young, um, and he's still a little raw, but like that dude could start at most Pac-12 yeah. schools. That's also so, another really interesting name for the Husky position, too, because he's a big dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, I he mean, could I, be backing up Dom, Dom, Dom Hampton. Yeah, but Dom is like your starter. Like if I'm saying if Jacoby wants to start this year. Yeah. And he's worried about that. I don't know if he is. Like I don't, I mean I'm trying to read the mind of a 19-year-old kid or whatever right now, but um yeah. I'm just saying I know that that guy is talented and probably thinks it's about his time to be on the field. Um and he's played like he's played mostly special teams. Um yeah. but um it'd be interesting to see if he gets in the mix in the defensive backfield this year. And if he sees kind of the writing on the wall after spring, what is he thinking? Um, I hope we keep him though. Cause I, I think he's going to be really good. Yeah, I do too. So if I'm looking at it, I probably would put money down on one running back and like maybe one or two offensive linemen. And then there might be like a surprise transfer out one or two maybe. others from another position, but like, I, I, at this point, I'd be kind of surprised if there are more than five at the end of spring. I'd be sh pretty shocked. I think j yep. mostly just because it's a coaching change. Like if you were kind of sitting right. on that fence anyways, like you would have already been gone. Um, so, but I guess speaking of the offensive line that could potentially yeah. force an extra transfer out is your starting left tackle from last year. He's been a starter on the offensive line for three years. Jackson Kirkland entered the NFL draft and he didn't withdraw his name in time. I think it was like January 17th or 20th or something. Yeah. Middle, middle of January somewhere, but he ended up having to have a fairly significant ankle surgery. And so he's withdrawn his name from the 2022 NFL draft and he's, petitioning the NCAA to allow him to come back for basically his COVID year of eligibility. And I'd assume if he's coming back, he wants to play at UW. And if he does, I think we would, all three of us would welcome him back with open arms. No, for sure. No, I mean, why Starting not? Tackle from last year? Crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's definitely something to keep your eyes on and, in the news. And 
like he was playing apparently at 60% for like half of last year. So, yeah. And I think all of us would agree that he was not playing up to like what we expected him to play. So, I mean, that would explain a lot. And if he's back to 100% come fall, that's a very welcome addition on that line that, especially at that left tackle position for, or I mean, I guess if we have a lefty QB, does he switch sides? I don't know. I mean, I'd be shocked Ooh. if we don't have a lefty QB. It's, I mean, I'd bet money on Michael Penix Jr. and if not him, Sam Heward. So it's gonna right. be a lefty. Right. So then, do you better be a do you keep, QB? Do you keep Troy <laughs> Fautanu at left tackle and then move Jackson Kirkland to right tackle? You probably put your best lineman at right tackle, and I'm super yeah. high on Troy Fautanu. I am. It wouldn't too. surprise me if this new coaching staff was like, hey. I mean, at this point, Troy, you're better than Jackson. Like, you're going to right tackle. But, yeah, I, I think if we're going lefty at QB. He's better than Victor Kern, better. though. Jackson's, oh, yeah. So Jackson Kirkland. So I, both I'll of them are, in my him. opinion. Yeah. Um, but I guess, like, that's a really good point. Like, obviously, our offensive line struggled last year. Jackson Kirkland, you know, the doctors have apparently told him his ankle is at 60% capacity. Our right guard, Henry Bainavalu, medically retired, walked yeah. with the senior class. He's coming back for another year. So yep. if, they, if they can get held, I mean, I don't think that is like the reason they were all total shit on the offensive sure. line last year. But it doesn't help that arguably your two, you know, best raw talent NFL potential offensive linemen are borderline, you know, crippled. It doesn't help. And I sure. think if we were able to get both of them back, Bainavalu's back in the fold. If if Kirkland wins this petition, I mean, again, just going back to retaining the talent on the roster, like this roster is going to be talent late in next year. And you can only be excited what DeBoer can do, is particularly on the offensive side of the ball. We should see a dramatic turnaround in one year. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, anything else, dogs, that you guys wanted to touch on before we move to the Hawks? No, I think that pretty Just... much rounds it out. Cool. Justin, do you want to kick us off with the Hawks? It's officially offseason. It's the offseason. We haven't talked about the Seahawks for a while on this podcast. I don't even think we covered the last couple games. No, well, we, we touched we... on them briefly in the last episode. We kind of like, gave kind of up like, towards it, the end of the season. Is it... Right. Is it? I mean, they ended up winning that game against the Cardinals after did. we recorded that last episode, and we were like, "Is this Russ's last game?" Blah 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 blah. So, like, that's that's essentially the extent of what we went into it last time. So, we haven't like really talked about what the next steps are in a little while. Sure. Now, so, yeah. So we finished seven and ten, last in the NFC West, with all other three making the playoffs. NFC best. I mean, truly, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Nothing has happened on the Seahawks. And what I mean by that is nine NFL coaches have been fired and or retired or left their jobs. Pete Carroll is not one of them. And so he is still employed by the Seahawks. John Schneider is still here. And we, I mean, officially or by mainstay Seahawks reporters haven't heard anything about Russell Wilson yet at this time at the beginning of February. It's early. It's very, very, very early in this because this, I feel like this was about the time last year, right after the Super Bowl of last yeah. year, when we started to hear about 
the Russell Wilson stuff. Russell started yeah, wrapping up. Right. It was either February or March, I think. I think it was after was the, the Super Bowl when he saw Brady was win it? it. Okay. And he's like, oh, I want that. Oh, you're right. I'm chasing right, Brady's they showed, legacy. And... They showed him at the Super Bowl, remember? And he just yeah. looked pissed. Because yeah. well, he was there for like the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. Right. Yeah. Yep. Right. That's right. right. You know, you're totally right. So uh, that could be early, but as of now, we haven't heard anything or potential trade targets or all that nonsense, <laughs> right? It's been quiet. It's been quiet. Russ is going. Russ is going to the Pro Bowl, though. He is. He's a Pro Bowl quarterback. That is uh, an, a fact. You bet. So what do Top we make, eight. guys? I mean, I have a lot of opinions on what the Seahawks should do and scenarios and all that, but. If I was a betting man, it looks like all three are going to be back. So, what do you? How do you guys feel about that scenario, and what that puts the Seahawks? Sam, I'll start with you. Or Connor, sorry, I'll start with you. <laughs> um, it means we're going to be a fringe playoff team for all of eternity, I guess. Eternity. <laughs> the, <laughs> Pete Carroll's going to live forever. Russell Wilson's never going to retire. John Schneider, I don't know. He's like a fucking hobbit or something like that and they live forever too so <laughs> spicy today, um, connor uh, i don't know man i just want change and it doesn't look like it's happening and um i think the worst place that you can be in the nfl is the middle and i think oh, that's yeah. where you're gonna be that's yeah. where you're gonna be like i i just with the salary that russell's at with the state of this roster outside of russell I just don't see it, man. I, d- I don't see how you can expect that we're going to actually compete for a championship or at least be like a top eight team and, and, and be in that conversation. I think you're a 10 to 12 to 15 team in this league with Russell at quarterback and, and this, this regime. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, it sounded like maybe something was going to happen for like a few, a couple days there um, when Pete was about to meet with Jody Allen. But um, I mean, nothing came of it. He obviously was never worried about anything. So I don't think there was really any real drama behind the scenes. Um, and I just don't, I, I don't think Jody Allen's going to pull the trigger on anything really. So I think she's just going to run it, let him run it back. Um, and hope that another year in Shane Waldron's system helps develop this offense into something better. Hopefully Russ stays healthy and maybe you found a good running future running back in Rashad Penny and kind of redefined your offense in that way. Um, I don't know. I I'm reaching for things right now because I just don't find a lot of optimism. A little bit. I'm not. I don't, I wouldn't say I'm defeated. I'm just let down, I guess. Like I disappointed more than anything. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. (laughs) I'm not mad, but I am disappointed. Sam, any further thoughts there? Yeah. I mean, I think the one caveat to it all that we've come to find out in the last couple of weeks is I don't think the Seahawks were seven and 10 team last year. When you think about, Russell Wilson's injury. And then you think about how stacked our division was in the games that we lost in our division to the Cardinals, the Niners, the Rams, obviously the Rams and Niners playing to go to the Super Bowl. So like your, your, our schedule was stacked against us with the teams that we had to play. 
So I think, you know, in any other division and without an injury, this is probably was a playoff team, borderline playoff team. Probably but seven seed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think this year went about as bad as it was going to go. And I think yeah. if you're in a different division or you don't have the injury, things can go a lot better this year and you might feel differently about it. But I largely echo Connor's sentiment around if the big three are coming back, you're settling for that middle of the road. And really the first comparison that comes to my mind is the eight or nine years that the Dallas Cowboys had with Jason Garrett and Tony Romo. It's like, really are they going to make the playoffs mm-hmm. or not? Oh, they did this year, but they lost in the first round. Like that's what I envision for this setup. If we're going to return all three is mm-hmm. you're not going to be a bad team. If Russell Wilson's healthy, no, like Russell Wilson was not healthy and we still won seven games. Like we're going to be a bubble playoff team in playoff contention probably one and done in playoffs as long as Russell Wilson is here. And I think, you know, you have to be appreciative of the Legion of Boom and Russell Wilson on his rookie deal contract era. But if the big three are returning, I think you're staring down the barrel of Jason Garrett and Tony Romo. That's what this is going to be. We talked about it when we were watching the USMNT play Canada over the weekend. And we were going through and talking about how many quarterbacks and teams have won a Super Bowl lately with a max contract or a highly paid QB as a high percent of the salary cap. And there haven't been that many going back, at least in recent history, right? And so, yes, Aaron Rodgers won a little over a decade ago, but he wasn't on as insane money as he is now. And Tom Brady's won a few, but he's always taken less than what he could earn in fair market value. I mean, and 50% so, discount we're talking. He's taken some steep discounts for sure. And that's one of the most, I mean, speaking of Tom Brady and his retirement, I mean, the GOAT. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I mean, that is one of the biggest reasons for his success is because he took those discounts and the Patriots and the Bucks could invest in other places. And, you know, Russell so- Lombardi's. Yeah, he wanted Lombardi's absolutely, and he did what he could to get him. Well, also still making really good money, just not as much as he could make. So, and his wife makes a decent chunk of change. The supermodel part helps for sure. (laughs) For sure, (laughs) helps. But you know, Russell's not married to a slouch. No, not at all. I mean, Sierra's she doesn't not make a as much as Giselle, but, No, but, yeah. but it's I mean, not like she can't like... financially support the family. Uh, yeah. I think they'll real. be okay. I think <laughs> yeah. they'll be okay. This has been like my biggest frustration with Russell for over a year and a half now. It's just like you want to compare yourself. You want to be vocal about chasing Tom Brady's legacy. You're set up in the same way. Like you've got a power woman like a boss ass lady as your wife. Like you don't need to be the breadwinner of the family. Like go chase your Lombardi's go chase your hall of fame legacy or whatever. I mean, he's probably hall of fame anyways, but you get my point. Like if that's what he nobody really wants. wants. He says, Nope, nobody wants. He to says he wants to win three table. more Super Bowls. He's going to have to take a pay cut if he wants that. Because I mean, honestly Correct. to Justin's point, And like, I've been beating this like a dead horse from before we even won our first one on like rookie deal quarterbacks or steep discount quarterbacks. I mean, 
Tampa Bay. I mean, this year would be an anomaly if the Rams win because Stafford is probably getting paid, right? But yeah, if Joey buckets, if Joey buckets wins with the Bengals, he's on a rookie deal. And then you look. I'm just gonna go down the list. Yeah, yeah, go for it. You got the Chiefs. Mahomes is on a rookie deal. Patriots. Brady hometown discount. Obviously, I skipped the Bucks, but Brady hometown discount. Then you got the Eagles, Carson Wentz, rookie deal. Nick Foles, backup quarterback deal. Patriots with Brady again. You have to go probably all the way back to 2015 when the Denver Broncos won with Peyton Manning. I don't know off the top of my head what his contract was, but he was also coming off of his surgery, so I don't know if he was even top five paid. Mayor it's hard, to, it's hard because he was not even close to the reason that they were a Super Bowl team, too. So. Exactly. And then you've got Brady again, then Russell on a rookie deal, then Joe Flacco before he got paid. Right before his money. Yep. Eli Manning. It, the last highest paid quarterback for sure was 2010 Aaron Rodgers. Like That's Aaron the only Rogers Super Bowl was, he's ever made, by the way. I know. He probably will never make another one. When was Aaron Rodgers drafted? He doesn't uh, five, six, five. Yeah. Five or six. I can't. Remember. I don't think so he, that, must, he, he must have just had his first. I think he just then. got paid. Yeah. And then Drew Brees the year before that obviously was paid in New Orleans. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's 10 years of Super Bowl champs and your top five highest paid quarterbacks are not hoisting the Lombardi trophy. And we've had some highly paid quarterbacks get to the Super Bowl, like uh, Matt Ryan comes to mind yeah. with the Falcons at the time. Sure. And I know we've had a couple others, but yeah, I mean, when you have a quarterback taking so much of the salary cap, it's so hard to invest in other players. And you look at the Seahawks situation and while they do have some cap room next year, it's hard because they have Bobby Wagner. It's going to get, they have to resign, they have to resign DK Metcalf and a couple and Quandre Diggs is out there. I think we all agree here and we don't need to spend time convincing our audience why we need to resign Quandre Diggs. Right. Uh, We have Jamal Adams deal starting to kick in next year. So that's lost money. Can't do anything about that folks. Sorry. Like we're just, we're stuck with it. So we got to live. Yeah, and then we got you know, thank God we got Russell Wilson, and ever since uh, I'm gonna play four seconds of something for you. Ever since this, it's gone downhill. Hey Seattle, we got a deal. So, oh no! Ever since oh, that, no. it's uh, it's been interesting, you know. And you, you think about <laughs> you like that. That one? was gold. I can't believe you had that ready to go and everything. It's a good clip, man. Yeah, hey, hey Seattle. We got and then then uh Sierra like pipes in go hawks or whatever, right? Like yeah, it's 19 second. I played yeah. four of it. I didn't want to keep it going, but oh, man. so I mean, realistically, I mean not even realistic. There's two options the Seahawks can really improve over the next couple of years with these three here, which is probably not gonna be the long, long-term solution. One right. is if Russell takes a hometown discount. He hasn't shown any inclination that he's going to do that in the past. Right. But if he wants to compete in the Seahawks, that would be a major step forward. Mm-hmm. He will Number- have to hire a different agent if that's going to happen. Probably. And he won't. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. So that that's one of the unreal. The second option is the Seahawks need to draft and scout infinitely better than we have been because we've yes. gone through it before on the podcast. And that's, 
you know, we can blame Pete Carroll, we can blame Russell Wilson, but that's probably the biggest reason the Seahawks haven't been good in recent years. You look at other teams that we're competing with, aka the Cardinals and how they've mm-hmm. drafted, and you look at the Seahawks and how they've drafted over the past three, four years. It's been dreadful. Yeah, so, even look at the 49ers, right? Up somebody like Debo or Kittle, like Fred Warner and those yeah. types of players. Like we haven't had those. I mean, yes, DK has been a hit, but every almost every other top draft pick that we've taken has been a bust so that needs to change the only way that you can win with a top five paid quarterback is if you're drafting like bananas right and we're the opposite of that well it's not only just like drafting shitty but then it's compounding that mistake by trying to fix the mistake by trading more draft over correcting it in free agency and then it yeah and then it just sets you further back. So like, cause we're, we've always been in win now mode cause Russell's getting paid. So that's the way we've approached it. And um, it's a tough way to win. It's a really tough way to win the whole yeah. thing. And it, it, it really depends like what fans want. Like if you're fine with being a borderline like playoff team, then okay. Like you have, I mean, you, you probably have a entertaining season and then you're going to yeah. lose first round of the playoffs. And maybe that's fine with some fans, but like, the goal of most fans, like most fans want to win a championship. And if that's where you want to get to, you want to like do the thing that's going to get you there the fastest. Right. And um, keeping these three, I don't think is the recipe for that to happen. Yeah. I mean, we just went through it. If, if you want to win a Super Bowl, you cannot pay your quarterback $40 million a year. Yep. And, and so not if- draft well. And not draft well, but even like, even if you do, like you're still, it's tough. And up, I mean, it's, an uphill, it's battle. an uphill battle. And so I feel like at this point, like if Super Bowl or bust is your mentality, you got to either convince Russell Wilson to restructure, which doesn't seem like it's going to happen, or you got to trade him. Those are your options you either, because otherwise, you either like got to trade him, you're staring down yeah, the barrel ahead. of Garrett and Romo in the Cowboys for. 10 years of mediocrity. I don't want that. Yep. You either got to trade him for Justin Fields, basically, is where I'm at. Or you you trade him and get some, like, like fill-in quarterback for a year. We suck. We're like a top five pick next year. And we get one of the quarterbacks coming out in 2023. Yeah. Because that I think there's that's a, a pretty decent options. quarterback. There's a pretty decent quarterback class. Yeah, I I agree. I think there's a couple others like, you know, I think you could trade him and go pick heavy, and not necessarily get a QB for QB trade, and then go try to find like a serviceable backup like a Marcus Mariota or something. Pick well, that's what up. I'm saying, but like that's not going to be your long-term solution. No, no, I know. But like, I I don't want to feel I, if I was the Seahawks, I wouldn't want to feel like there isn't an obvious young rookie deal contract that I want to go get. Like Justin Fields. Fields? I'm not totally sold on on him. I'm not sold on any of those like first year rookie deals. And so what I would almost prefer is, can you get Joe Burrow? No, that's ship of sales. (laughs) But like what I would prefer as a Seahawks fan is trade Russell Wilson, get a stud player either at another position on offense or defense, 
and a boatload of picks and then make a free agent signing for someone like Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston or I don't know who else it is, but just get somebody to get you through the next year. And then Chad Henney, Chad Henney's still in the league. We found that out on on Sunday. That was true. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, I think there's a lot of one year players that you could put in instead of like making that trade and betting on someone that you may not have wanted. Yeah. Jimmy G might be a free agent. Like I would feel, I would honestly, honestly, you probably feel better about tanking next year and then drafting one of the top QBs coming out in 2023. Cause I mean that I'm, I can't understate this. There, there are some, Good ass QBs Who coming are out the in 2023. Quarterbacks. Bryce Young, Caleb Williams, right off the bat. Yeah. Um, DJ Ungalele, even though he didn't have a good year. Yeah, I'm not a huge. Uh, I'm not that high on him, but yeah, he'll be up there. Um, oh, does the the Ohio CJ State guy Stroud. Stroud? He's he's eligible, I believe. Michael Penix Jr. Um, right, he would be <laughs> eligible. <laughs> Dylan Morris would be eligible. Oh, oh wow. Right, you you crossed the line. There's a line in the sand, and you just fucking hopscotched right on over it. All right. Would Jaden Delora be eligible, Connor? Okay. No, no, no. He would no, be. No, 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 but no, 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 no. I, hey, he's a good quarterback. But yeah. I okay. It. Come on. He won one Apple Cup. He's not. Let's come on. Let's, let's come on. I mean, he's on the vaunted Arizona Wildcats now. Please. They might be all right. No, they won't. They might be better than ASU. Well, ASU isn't going to have ASU is going to get the death penalty before the season rolls around. Arizona's probably going to be like middle of the five hundred, maybe. Yeah, they'll be. They might be a bowl team next year. Here's what I think, guys, about the Seahawks. I think if so, I've already said what I think is going to happen, and that's all three staying. But say Russell does get traded, right? And I, I guess think, just like to jump in, I think at this point we'd be shocked if Pete Carroll or Snyder are gone. Like that, that would have already happened. Like the only of the three that's still on the table is maybe Russell Wilson, right? Right. Correct. Because if we we're gonna get rid of Pete Carroll, we would have you would you would think do it yeah. earlier so we can get one of the best coaches that are out there, right? Yeah. Instead of being left with the scraps. So right. So if we were to trade Russell Wilson, I would want a good quarterback in return, like a Derek Carr. And I do not think that would be an easy deal at all and probably unrealistic. Yeah. Or a bunch of picks and offensive line slash defensive line help. Yeah. Minus number is a good place to start. And that's it. Because, I mean, you look at us, and I, I brought this up to you guys again on Sunday. Like, would you rather have Bobby Wagner and Benson Mayoa or mm-hmm. Frank Clark and Jaron Reed? And you guys yeah. answered which Frank way? Clark Frank Clark and, and Jared. Jared right. And they're both on the Chiefs, who did lose on that game, but, you know, on a very yeah, good They game. suck. <laughs> <laughs> right. We win the deal. And, then, and it just shows in the NFL right now, the game is win or, won or lost by an elite quarterback play and offensive and defensive lines. Unless you're Joe Burrow and you can just overcome bad offensive yeah. line play Dude. but i don't <laughs> understand the what the hell offense. is going against on in all odds against all odds like literally you look at all the, you look at all the stats that they had have um 
not only against the Chiefs, but like now up against the Rams. Like the matchups are oh, awful. They're all for the for Bengals. The they all fa- they all favor the opposing team. Except they yeah, got Joey, Joey B. Joey B. You cannot underrate that guy. Well, Jamar Holy Chase crap, is dude. pretty that good. That guy's good. Yeah. Well, good. sure. I mean, they 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 have they have a really good receiving core in general, but. So that's what I would want. And the teams that are out there that can supply those things are few and far between, I think. Giants yeah. would probably yep. be the one that have the high draft picks. So with the mm-hmm. Eagles, and they the lost the first I mean, I don't think I mean, that Daniel I think, Jones is I don't want I think, I don't, I, yeah. yeah, he can Daniel Jones is the stopgap. That that's that's the quarterback you get to go like four and thirteen next year right. and get a really good quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, but like that's also if you're in Russell Wilson's head, like I mean, sure. I don't remember. Did he name the Giants last year? I don't he did. He did. He yeah. Did. I mean, he wants to go to New York. I'm sure his wife wants to be in New York. It's the big so market like, team. So like Chicago, about, New York. You you're probably getting Daniel Jones, probably two first rounders and a second rounder over the next two years. If you get both their first rounders this year, that's two top five picks. Do they have two first rounders this year? I think they have two first rounders this year. I mean, from my perspective, that's the team that I'm, I'm I guess I probably trying to trade with that. because I don't hate the idea of having Daniel Jones super cheap for one year. And like, maybe you can get a, get him to like fork over Leonard Williams. Five and seven. Probably don't want six. Pretty good. Berkeley, I don't know. That'd be pretty effing good. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't be getting a quarterback with that. So that's why you get take Daniel Jones. Um, Right. At least a quarterback that you'd be happy with. I don't think none of the quarterbacks are good. This yeah. Year you don't want out. a 2022 quarterback. Let's be honest. No, but the giants are one so. of the realistic options. For yeah, sure, for sure. Cause they have wide receiver options on that team as well. Isn't their uh, cap situation kind of screwy though? It I is, I think, it. but I think they would make yeah. it work to add Russell Wilson. Yeah. I guess um, they can make it work. Another team that comes to mind is Pittsburgh. Because yeah. the Big Ben departing and they have decent O-line and an elite defensive line. And I think that would be a, a place that Russell could go and compete right away for, you know, playoff spots. For playing for playing time? For playing time, for sure. 100%. Yeah. And then I don't know what's going on with the Buccaneers. I haven't done much research on what the cap situation yeah, and how Brady retiring. Though. But if he could go down there and they have a good defense and offense, so. It's unsure, but I think some of the teams like Chicago would be off the table right now, just given they have a mm-hmm. new head coach that's defensively focused and rebuilding the team and doing it his way. I, I think that would probably be off the table for what Russell wants you're to do, right. which is a win now type of mode. Right. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, and the Saints were obviously an, op- an option, but Sean Payton just... And that cap Saints, space so. is a mess. Correct. In, in Sean, Pay- Sean Payton saw that and he's like, I'm out. I'm out. So, I'm gonna go watch my Netflix movie that Kevin James yeah, is featuring exactly. for me. <laughs> Have you seen it yet? I haven't no, watched it yet. I haven't. Yeah. It looks awful, honestly, but I'll probably give it a give it a try at some point. I don't think you and I are the audience, though. I think it's the people that aren't as like gung ho about it. It's like the blind side. Not to say it's the level of quality, but it's like it's I think it's sure. more wide reaching. Sure. Sure. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um. So I think we've 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 kind of touched mostly, I think, on the Russ stuff. Yeah. Who, are, who, who else are we losing to free agency this year? Do you have that up, or do you know off the top of your head? Um, well, Quandre was guys one of them, right? Yeah, he's someone that we obviously have to re-sign, hopefully. 
Um, who else? Not not DK or Tyler Lockett. Gerald uh, Everett. I think they have to make a decision on because that was a one-year deal. Dwayne Brown. Ooh, that's a really good question. I think you're I right. I don't think he's signed after this season. I think I think no, he's a free I think agent. You're right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rashad, Penny, <laughs> Rashad Penny comes to mind. Oh no 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 no! We can't. <laughs> We already learned the hard way with Carson. We paid him yeah, six we million did. dollars a year to get hurt. We did, we did. I'm thinking. I'm trying to think who else. Gerald DJ Edward. Reed. Oh, is DJ Reed? Yes, I think you're right. Um, I'm pulling it. I up think now. Sydney Jones. Sydney is Jones too, is a free agent. He's going to be sure. cheap. Yeah, Ethan he shouldn't Posich, be that. Al Woods. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Al Woods is honestly an under. Al Woods. Too. I, I mean, I there's take some Al Woods there. back. Al Woods probably had the best year of his career. He's 35. I'd take Al Woods on another year if it was cheap. Um, it would Ryan, be. Ryan Neal, Rasheem Green. Yeah, so there, I mean, Some the pretty... big one, the big ones, Quandre Diggs, Gerald Everett from, uh, I, don't, I don't know, that would be a discussion point. Um, and then Dwayne Brown from the hole that he fills. I don't know if you'd want him back, but. The left tackle is a big position. If you don't have Same an obvious and DJ, and DJ Reed, yeah, right, and DJ Reed for sure. I feel like if if you don't have an obvious plan in terms of succession at left tackle, you probably try to get Dwayne Brown on like a one year deal or a two year deal. He's thirty six. That's freaking old. But I guess I mean, you look, probably at, have, you probably starting, have to sign him for two years. Starting Super Bowl left tackle for the Los Angeles Rams. God, he's Andrew ancient. Whitworth yeah. has got to be. Is he? 40? He's got to be forty, right? He's old. He Thirty-nine, he, maybe. Yeah. He looks old. I'll tell you. He's got a lot of gray. Yeah, he's he's forty. Yeah. Jeez. That's intense for an offensive lineman. Yeah. Cool story. My my father-in-law actually played golf with him out in Colorado one time. Said he was oh, big, oh really big son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. If Dwayne Brown ever was like golfing next to me, I'd shit my pants. Yeah, I mean he's bigger than That's both a of big us, dude. but combined, Connor, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, he six seven three thirty five. Andrew Whitworth's yeah. a big boy. I would. Yeah, I would be his back. I would be his back nine snack. I don't even yeah. think I could carry his golf clubs. <laughs> You're probably right. You're probably right. Yeah, you better hope that you have a cart. Um. Okay, so those are some of the key losses to free agency. So given that, like, I mean, we have a little little ways until, like, free agency hits, but, like, obviously this is the start of offseason, so we're starting to think about next year. What are, like, the biggest position groups that you're looking at? I mean, obviously, aside from the Russell Wilson stuff, it might be quarterback. We know that. But Mm -hmm. um, aside from that, where else do you look at this team of, like, position group, groups that are in trouble or are about to be in trouble because of free agency? that we need to address this off season, whether it be through free agency or the draft. For me, it's all about the trenches. We have to get better at rushing the passer. And we did do that a little better towards the end of the year. Carlos Denlap just showed up at it. It's like a magic trick. Poof. <laughs> and he all of a sudden started to play that. well. Um, well, to be fair, he was averaging what, like nine snaps a game or something in November. Yeah. Part of October. Uh, but yeah, we need nice, a better pass. Nice job, Ken Norton. Yeah, which we have not mentioned. RIP, by the way, by the way. <laughs> not RIP. Yeah. Sorry, uh, he did not die. He's just gone from the Seahawks. <laughs> he's kind of he's kind of dead to us now. <laughs> God, yeah, God, um, too much wine. Here we go. So I think the trend we have to rush the passer because that 
fills in a lot of holes that makes the linebacker play look better. That definitely looks the, like the defensive backs look better in our coverage because when you give the quarterback so much time to throw, cornerbacks and safeties can't cover forever, obviously. And so somebody will get open. So defensive line. And then on the other, on the other turn, the offensive line, we need to make sure we protect Russell Wilson or whoever else will be our quarterback because often they're under siege. And yes, I get the point that Russell holds on to the ball too long, which is definitely true. But also we've been some times where defensive lines have overloaded us and that's been a problem for a couple of years. And so I would, th- that would be my two because that will fix problems on the defensive end. And then that will give us more time to find our two best players on offense, which are off our two wide receivers. And so that's where I would go. Yeah. I honestly have nothing to like add it. to that. I think yep. if you give Russell Wilson time with a good offensive line, he's a good quarterback. We have weapons outside, assuming I mean, we have to re-sign DK, right? Like you can't let him go anywhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm totally aligned. I think if we don't make a concerned effort to get better on the offensive line, pass rush, and then if I had to choose a third, it would be defensive backfield. Yeah. Yep. And that's also like given specifically corner, specifically corner. And then you right now linebacker doesn't look bad, but like you probably have to figure out Bobby Wagner's contract. Like we can't pay him $20 million next year. So either you cut him and he goes somewhere else or he retires or you get him to renegotiate a team friendly deal. And if he goes elsewhere, then you need to find another linebacker as well. Um, But yeah, I think I couldn't agree more with Justin. The trenches is where this team is losing games for sure. Yeah, no, I, it, I mean, I totally echo the same sentiments. I, I will just go back to the corner um, topic just because for the defense that Pete wants to play, he needs elite corners. Like he needs that corner position to be solidified. Um, and I, they haven't had that obviously since the Legion of Boom, really. Um, it's, I think it got a little, like it, you saw flashes of it last year. I think if Trey Brown is healthy, and if you get Trey, if you get DJ Reed back, I feel okay about those two. But some, some of it all is that in order to get the most out of what they want Jamal Adams to do, which is be a box safety, they need those corners to be lockdown corners. They need to be able to trust those guys to be on islands out there because with Quanje Diggs being that free safety Earl like Thomas yeah. type role. Um, if they want Jamal Adams to be like a cam chancellor or make that kind of impact, that's what they need to identify for this defense. And I mean, Jamal Adams can definitely be that type of player. If the right defense is around him, I think we, this, this goes nothing towards like, as far as like, if the trade was successful, like obviously like that, that's, that's an issue in the past, whether he's worth the money that we're paying him now, like this is all sunk cost stuff. But in order to utilize him to the best of his abilities, he needs to be a box safety. And in order for that to happen, you have to have elite corner play. So that's that's another position that I'm just circling. Like I just hope that they don't just wing it with the corners like they have the past few years. Like I, I mean, think- Sidney Jones, I love it. Well, I love him to death, but like that's not that's not an elite outside corner. That's not the guy that's going to get it done. Yeah, for you to totally. be able to play that type of defense. The problem that you're looking at though is you're going to have to draft somebody. 
there's just not sure. yep. great corners. Absolutely. Right now. I mean, like the best corners available in free agency or expected or be a trade. to hit free agency or JC Jackson in new England, Carlton Davis from Tampa Bay. And then it's Stefan Gilmore and DJ Reed. So it's like your free mm-hmm. agent options aren't there. It's a deep draft class in corners. I mean, I would, I mean, yep. talk about hometown. Yep. If we can uh, get yeah. Tyler or where do you Trent, think I'm, where do you think I'm going with this, Sam? I'm just laying it out there for you to finish. <laughs> Am I supposed to finish now? Yeah, yes. I'm waiting for you. To bring <laughs> yeah. the hammer well, down. In case everyone's head's been in the mud, we have two pretty freaking elite guys coming out of the University of Washington, and Kyler Gordon and Trent McDuffie, best player on the team last year. Um, well, and yeah, easily. <laughs> and uh, now, unfortunately, they're both getting first round grades and just ri- rising up the ranks, which is awesome. Like, I mean, it's it's great for them and great for the university to have that kind of exposure. But it's bad news for the Seahawks because they're, I don't think they're going to be there to be able to pick them, probably. Yeah, we're at, we're at but, 41. Yeah. But if one of those guys slides at all, I am all over that shit. Like, yeah. And Pete Carroll should, like, you have made this mistake three or four too many times. Yeah. <laughs> with elite defensive backs yeah. coming out of your backyard that have turned into fucking studs in the league. And you have just passed on them and gone the Shaquille Griffin route or some other route. The Rashad Penny route. Yeah. The Rashad Penny route or the Malik, Malik McDowell, McDowell route. route. Bad move. If we I think, pick a, if do we it pick right. A it's not, back, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Just pick the stud corner that's there. Assuming he's there. I don't know if he will be, but that's all I'm saying. That's where I'm at. I don't know about you, Justin. I, yeah. Like, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I, I don't have much more to add. Yeah, I agree. We need to draft. Do, I mean, I'm down to get a McDuffie or a Gordon. 100%. And no even if it's not one of those guys, but like use your first pick in the draft on a stud corner in a deep cornerback draft. Like, I feel like draft, this... draft, draft where the, the like <laughs> pick. Where the draft is strong. <laughs> yeah. Which they have know, not done. The Seahawks, as we talk about how old school Pete Carroll is, sometimes he reminds me of an indie artist almost, and they or an indie artist listener, I should say. And where he's trying to find the latest and greatest like indie music out there. Sure. And he's like, yeah. I want to be different. The popular songs yeah. suck. They're overplayed. I want to find something that's new and great and discover talent. Or he's just an egomaniac that's like the smartest guy in the room syndrome, Jimmy Lake. uh Uh-oh. Yeah, don't go there. That's trouble. But anyway, continue your point. uh, My point, yeah, that was my point. That I feel like Pete Carroll tries too hard sometimes to just, and John Schneider, to find talent and outsmart the room and find quote-unquote value picks, I guess is the term for it. Yeah, Uh, they get get too cute with it. They've done that for years. And instead of picking the, I forget who's been available. If it was Byron, Mur- it was Buda Baker for sure in that draft. Buda like Baker, other- Byron Murphy, Kevin King. Yeah. 
And Kevin, uh, Kevin King like hasn't a, been. Yeah. yeah, but but like I mean, who knows? Like if he had been a Seahawk, maybe like he has a different career trajectory. That's I think totally he was like true. The, like I think he was the perfect, perfect guy for them to to look at. That's totally um, in true. that draft. So, and, anyways, and like and you go back to like fucking Keith Taylor, even like Elijah Molden, like was there technically oh, if we wanted to true. take him. But no. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know. It just anyway. I, I'm a homer. I get it. Like I'm rooting for my own guys, and I want to see UW guys end up as Seahawks. And we've that really hasn't like worked out that well in the past for us for the most part. Um, but at the same time, like they also haven't gotten like the top echelon guys that are the studs. And I think that it, it, I just don't think that they should overthink it. That's all. I. If the one of those guys is on the board, I think it's a no-brainer to pick one of them. So that's all I'm saying. I think we're running short on time, but we have one more topic here, and that's the Super Bowl prediction. And that is our Ooh. NFC West Rams, who beat the 49ers last second in the NFC West champion or in the NFC West, the NFC championship game. <laughs> and the <laughs> kind surprise, of the NFC West championship. I mean that too. And the surprise upset, the Bengals coming back from 18 points down and beating the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Which was, I mean, we watched. I, wa- I mean, I know you guys watched. I stayed the for the half. end. Yeah, yeah. Sam and I watched the end at his his place. That was crazy, <laughs> absolutely insane. I mean, the these playoffs game. have been wild. Nuts. The last two weeks, yes. Yeah, yeah the wild sure. card was a dud, but these divisional and even the championship round has been awesome. So, I mean, when I I'll go first, and when I think about this Rams Bengals game, like I feel like the Rams the Bengals have a great offense, but I feel like the Rams have a better offensive skill players. I feel like the Rams have better defensive skill players. Rams probably have better special teams. They have a better O line. Their defensive line is better. The receivers are better. The secondary is probably better. They have more experienced coaching and star power and they play in their home stadium. And so like, just with a lot of factors, I feel like they have a lot going for me and the logic says to pick the Rams, but I'm going with the Bengals, baby. There's something about Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, this Bengals defensive front has been playing out of their mind. Uh, Hutchinson. I feel, man, what was the other player that was wreaking havoc? Hendrickson and Hubbard. Yeah, Yeah. Hubbard and Hendrickson. Um, and then their defensive backs have been playing surprisingly well too, uh, given what they have out there. It's just supposed to be a rebuilding year and they've been playing awesome. So I'm going to go with the Bengals in an upset 30 to 27 Bengals. Is that a McPherson should we make a little... game winner field goal? <laughs> of course. Right. I mean, you have to with McPherson. It's gotta be money. McPherson. Do, are we putting, uh, any kind of bet on, on, this scenario here um i don't know we'll have to wait and see if we get well, together we could do like a super bowl board yeah the drinking game but we got to do the, the uh the props bets too yeah 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 those are fun sam anyway. what are you thinking i mean ever since i watched what the rams did to the cardinals and throughout the playoffs it's just like stafford and cooper cup are on a different level that pass rush is on a different level with Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Greg freaking Gaines. It's just <laughs> like I've a I I could see it going either way, but honestly, on paper, if I had 
you know, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I probably would bet the Rams. If I had to put points on it, mm, I can see that that Rams defensive front is going to make Joey Buckets real uncomfortable. And, I mean, Burrow's definitely got some magic to him for sure, but I don't know if it's going to be enough. So I probably would go the Rams. I don't know, 28 to 24. Last time, the the last time that the Rams were in the Super Bowl, they didn't score a touchdown. That's true. Well, well, who is their quarterback? The goof. Correct. Goofball. It's it's a very good point. My point is, I think Sean McVay is going to choke this thing away. This is what LA has been been like building like this is the year that they've been building towards right like they i mean they've acquired all this I mean, star talent all the sexy la players like i mean oh like they got odell mid-season brought in matt stafford in the offseason with the big trade um re-signed obviously like both cooper cup and robert woods um and then obviously they have aaron donald jalen ramsey was acquired like what a year or two ago so they've, I mean, they have just stacked this roster with star talent all over the place. Um, and for that reason, I'm, yeah, going Bengals uh, 21 17. I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring than, than you guys are anticipating it being. Yeah, you're going to need to bet the under. Yeah. Yeah. Do you I think know it's going to be a really good game right now? It's got to be, be pretty in the 50s, high, probably right. Yeah, fifties, maybe sixties, probably fifties. I mean, the Rams are high favored 50s. by what, like four or something. That would make sense. Yeah, it literally everything on paper spells Rams. Ram, <laughs> like, I know. I, know. I went through. Yeah, Rams are favored by four and a half. Four and a half. All all the matchups favored over under is forty eight and a half. Wow, that's low. A little that's lower, lower than I thought but, it would I mean, be. Super yeah. Bowls, I think, tend to be a little lower. Yeah. But 21-17, I would bet the under still. That's what I got. We'll see. I'm going I over. Know. Yeah, I, would I don't the feel over as well. I don't feel honestly that great about that. But I mean, my head my head so. says the Rams and my heart says the Bengals. And I usually don't Correct. bet with my heart, but I don't know. There's something about this team. They're fun to watch, man. Yeah. Joe Burrow's fun. And um, I love that receiver core. Um, and then, yeah, that, that defense is just kind of against all odds been, been very serviceable. And if not like one of their stronger traits throughout the latter half of the season and, and the playoffs. So just afraid Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Floyd might be too much. Oh yeah. That I offensive think line will is be. A, uh, that's the wreck. problem. Like, that's the, that's the matchup. Yeah. If they get the ball out quick, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe uh, Zach T- Taylor will scheme Sean McVay's ass up. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. February 13th, right? Should be interesting. Yep. A little over a week away. February 13th, Super Bowl Sunday. Obviously look forward to that. And look forward to the the rest of this offseason, not, not only for the Hawks, but for the, for the Huskies. And spring ball is going to be here before you know it. Um, we'll have – 
some more updates probably in the coming weeks on some of the other sports. Um, MLB lockout obviously is a huge issue right yeah. now, but we want to get a Mariners preview to you um, as soon as spring training, whenever that happens, gets rolling. Um, and then the Kraken are still in midseason right now, still struggling, playing a little bit better as of late, but uh, they did pull off a victory against the Islanders tonight, their first shutout in franchise history and Grubauer's first shutout of the year, obviously too. So, um, maybe that's something that they can build off of. I don't anticipate they're going to make a playoff run or anything like that, but it'd be nice no. to see them play play better hockey towards the end of the season just to get in our little bit of a rhythm going into the, into next year. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but I don't think I have anything else, guys, unless you guys wanted to touch on anything else you can think of. I think we'll go ahead and wrap. Yeah, I'm good to wrap it up. We're wrapping all right. Thanks for listening, folks. As always, we appreciate the support. Subscribe and follow if you haven't already and leave us a message via the anchor link in our description. Until next time. Go dogs! And I guess go hawks. <laughs> <laughs>